is Encounter with God time here on the breakfast show. Lawson, I just have to say, I'm so jealous you had you got the opportunity to go up there yesterday and to actually see the handover mm-hmm. uh, of that of mm-hmm. that house take place. Yeah, it was incredible. I was not able to go because I had numerous meetings that I had to attend down here in the office, mm. and I'm just disappointed. I'm just sad. <laughs> I just so much. Yeah, dealing with so much FOMO yesterday. But you'll hear all about it, Lyle. We will. So we're gonna we're gonna actually hear what we heard about in the interview just now. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear this event actually happen tomorrow. We're going to hear the reactions to it. Yeah, and we're going to hear you know all, all of it. It's all going to be the right experience, there. particularly of the Duncans. You know that was that was really moving. And then we're going to hear what the Duncans have to say. Yeah. Well, we took a video. Um, like we, we're we're currently making a video piece as well that'll yes. become available soon. And man, it's Close like when we have it. oh, it's something else. So yeah, fantastic what a story. stuff. What a story! But we have a clue for the quiz. Okay, so Real the inspiring, quick. the most inspiring story of the year so oh. far, which we've just had. Mm-hmm. All right, so text messages. You ready for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We did talk about the vaccine passport this morning. Oh, <laughs> you, you knew, you coming you for knew me, someone, you knew someone would comment on this. We one. were talking about it during the break. I'm like, you know, cause I t- handle the good news section. I'm like, I just do controversial news veiled in good news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Hey everyone, you know, Europe will be open if you get the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So somebody's texting in to say the vaccine passport. I'm having a hard time with downplaying the issue. I have been around a long time, which includes 35 years in ministry. We are seeing uh, the controls for the mark of the beast being implemented in the whole world. We should all be very worried as the next step in Sunday laws. We should be warning the world instead. While COVID-19 is real, it is being used for last day events. Mm. It is. Intense. There's no, there's no question COVID is being oh, yeah. used for last day events. Same restrictions on liberty. It's, you know, it's, it's drip feed. 100%. But so is a lot of things. Like, honestly, yes. you look at like literally everything, like the media, war. Yes. Food. Yes. Uh, like, you know, um, Facebook. Turtles. Probably not. I don't know. I was thinking about like, I said that to, you know, climate change. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, literally everything is being used to set up last day events to, you know, because the last day events are all about control. It's all about our decisions and particularly in the connected world that we live in, like, dude, oh man, you know, I think it's important as Christians, we understand where we need to draw the line as far as, um, making a stand and, and, and choosing a hill to die on. Hmm. Um, there are going to be, because the Bible does teach that we should obey the government mm-hmm. when it does not violate our conscience. Yes. And so there are going to be many restrictions that are going to come in and we're going to look at those restrictions and, and say these are laws which are restricting freedoms and liberties and are leading us towards the mark of the beast, right? However, you know, many of those laws are laws that we can obey without violating our conscience and so we should even though we recognize the trajectory and the purpose and the agenda behind them Mm. yeah they don't even have to be laws like as in i don't know people like oh yeah cardless cash will you know be used i've I've been i've been cashless for 20 years at least Dude, yeah, it's, it's the best. It's like the most convenient thing ever. But you know where it's heading. We all yeah, know where it's heading. 100%. It's heading to control. Once mm. they get, you know, it's all heading the same direction. Yeah. Intense. All right. Facebook. Ooh. Are we really surprised 
Yeah, this was uh, Facebook abusing children, caught red-handed, um, targeting children with uh, products that are illegal for children. Uh, we're told that everything that is done in darkness will be brought to full daylight before the Lord returns. We will be amazed as to what these companies and many world leaders have been doing in mm. the dark. The same goes for all of us. Judgment has come. I had another one here on this one as well. Let me just go to this one. Um, Facebook is bigger than many countries. Yeah. Has a bigger economy than many countries in our world today. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge concern. I mean, here you've got, here you've, you think of the power of a company like this. This is a company that can just wholesale pass out child abuse material mm. with no conscience at all and take your money for it. Mm. And they've been caught red-handed doing so. Um, and at the same time, they can shut down the President of the United States. They're a private That's platform. a lot of power. You know, they can they can do whatever they want. This that is, is a lot of power. Yeah, you know, like, the, the thing, though, is, like, that, you know, this, uh, there's a clear solution, which is, like, just don't participate. Uh-huh. No one's, it's not, uh-huh. it's not government. But, this is a very clear solution. But, but it's, at the same time, it's like, oh, you know, our world is, you know, how many websites and whatnot do you sign up to? And it's like, oh, Facebook sign up, you know. Well, how many times have you been surfing on the website and it's like, oh, we use cookies and you just, yep, move on. Yeah. Have you ever stopped to think? Now Facebook is like, no, I want to read what this is. And so, of course, I'll, you can follow me with your cookies. My thing is, this is my thing with cookies, is let the cookies follow. And hopefully, the cookies, when they build a profile, my aim as a Christian is when they build my profile, mm. they're not going to build a profile of me. They're going to build a profile of Jesus Christ. Wow. That's my aim with cookies, is they follow me around all over the place in all of my searching may those cookies be building a profile of Jesus Christ. Yeah, see, that's the interesting thing, hey, is that a lot of people, like, are worried about internet security, yet they don't realize that, like, it, it can be one of the biggest blessings, you know, like, being being watched, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, like, imagine... Ha- yeah, imagine be known being, and read of all men, the Bible yeah, says. like, imagine having a platform to be able to share your life with people like never before. That's literally what we have with these things. And that's why, like, ministry and all the... Yeah, but you know why, you know why people are concerned about their privacy? Mm. And the, you know why they're concerned ooh, about the cookies? Ooh, Lyle, don't go there, Lyle. Don't say it, Lyle. <laughs> it's because... Their profile may not be a reflection of Jesus Christ. Oof, I yeah. think if our profile was a reflection of Jesus Christ, we would be like, please, follow us. The more you follow us, the more you're likely to be converted. Look what we have. We have something amazing here. Mm. So we need to, rather than being concerned about cookies, we need to be concerned about what our profile looks like. Mm. What is our online What is our online habits? What are they producing? Mm-hmm. That's what we need to be thinking about. All right. Intense, yeah. Commenting on the interview. So we've got one here on the interview. What a great story. What a great God we serve. Uh, but he couldn't do any of that unless his people were touched by his spirit. Mm-hmm. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Always good. May God bless all the donors and Lynn and her husband. May the elderly couple come to the full realization of the love of God. Good on you, Lynn and hubby. Mm. Yeah, praise God. We just, it's a time to rejoice when we have stories like this. Oh, man, it was powerful there that there were people, you know, the donors of of, of equipment who were, like, not even Christian, but just people who were so Just touched. good people in the community that mm. touched it. Yeah, yeah. Who were moved by Christians, who yes. saw the, the what Christians were doing and were touched by that. And if we- 
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I was going to say, if only Christians were out there doing this more often, mm-hmm. and if only there were, you know, just a bunch of average tradies out there running their businesses that were seeing what Christians were doing and participating with Christians in it. Imagine the effect that that would have mm. on our you know our our businesses, our local businesses. And it was interesting, like talking talking to Lynn uh, yesterday, and she said, "You know, oh, you got to have pretty thick skin doing this kind of thing because we got a lot of knockbacks." Oh, I can imagine so. She, you know, a lot of people they just don't care. Yeah. But you know, just sifting those. Or pe- it may be it may be that you know they're running a small business and they've got their back to the wall. I get yeah, that. Oh, I understand that. I've 100%. run a small business. Yeah, like it's it, it is tough. But then all of a sudden, it's like you find honestly, it's like it's like an evangelistic tool, you know, you find ripe fruit because of it, you know, uh, Hume Timber and Doors who, who were there yesterday, who I, you know, got a small interview with one of their representatives, Luke. Um, yeah, they're just a, a family business who grew and grew and grew, you know, now they're like a legit, legit big company, but they're, they, you know, they're just like all, they're all about supplying people to make their dream home. Something that is so, you know, I guess, um, entrenched in the Aussie culture, yes. you know, having that home, it's, it's the Australian dream and, and it's something that comes together, you know, through community and family and all these different things. And they're like, yeah, look, we, we've been doing this thing of helping people, you know, get their dream home. Um, and now we have the ability to help someone do that. Like, you know, to really in a, in a charitable sense. Um, you know, when they talked about the people who supplied the concrete for them, they went to the big companies around, they weren't ready or they weren't willing. And then, you know, they were able to go to a, a smaller company who, yeah, again, a, just a group of Christians who out of the, I don't, yeah, just, New Lynn through various circumstances. It, it is literally amazing. Like just all the miracles that came together. But yeah, all the people who are involved and, uh, we're going to hear this a little bit tomorrow, but I did a small follow up interview with Lynn. Mm-hmm. And the conclusion of that was like, you know, we've seen how much this has blessed everyone else, but how much has this blessed you guys? And they're like, uh, you know, they were just going on and on about. Oh, they're going to be floating around on a high for the next... Um, it's incredible. ...however long. It's amazing. Man, we're like in our Bible study section, but we're just going hard because so, there's so much to talk about. So much to be thankful for. We should go to our Bible study section and let's go to... We're going to review a couple of verses that we're looking at yesterday. So Genesis 18, verse 18. Mm-hmm. 18 verse 18 in the book of Genesis, the Bible says... It's kind of a little bit repetitive, this Bible study this week, but we need to pick up where we left off from yesterday. Mm. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. Okay, so when we consider Abraham at this particular point here, the Bible says that he's going to become a great and mighty nation. Mm-hmm. And we see the same thing in Genesis 12, verse 2. We see it in Genesis 46, verse 3, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is, a, this is God's continual promise to Abraham. Mm-hmm. How much of that promise does he see fulfilled? Abraham himself? Yes. Not much. How many children does he have? One. Uh, no. Oh, oh, yeah, he has two. No. How many does he have? He has eight. Oh, yeah, but that, no one cares about the rest <laughs> no, of them. That's right. No, we only think about one. There's only one child of promise. Yeah. But were, so well, he, has one, he has one descendant through which the promise goes. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. He has one child with Sarah. And so as far as seeing the promise fulfilled goes, he's, he's just he's got one. Mm. Uh, then you've got, um, okay, so then Isaac comes along. How many children does Isaac have? Uh, two. Two. Mm. That's not exactly a great nation, is it? <laughs> no. Uh, then Jacob comes along, 
and he manages to have 12. He, yeah, he just pumps them out. But he splits them over four women. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> a, he has the most disastrous home life ever. I mean, you want to look for a dysfunctional family, look at uh, Jacob's family for the... Uh, you know, front and centre. Um, this is this is this is the definition of disaster. Mm. And of course, from those twelve, that's where you know the great nation of Israel grows. But let's think about uh, Abraham's descendants today. How many Abraham? How many descendants does Abraham have today? Any ideas? What? Literally billions. Okay. Well, it depends how you calculate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you calculate them from. Um, from Isaac, currently there are in the world today, coming down through that line, 14 million. Okay. So that's a bit less than billions. Mm-hmm. So 14 million, that's, that's a fair chunk though. Uh, if you calculate it down through Ishmael's line, that's 384 million, that's a decent number. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, by the time you add Isaac and Ishmael together, you've got, well, you've got 400 billion. But I, but I meant spiritual descendants, like. Okay. All right. All right. So if you count spiritual <laughs> descendants, you're looking at one in three people on the planet. Mm. The Bible says, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, we could talk about what it means to be Christ's and the difference between somebody who's given their life to Jesus and somebody who merely calls himself a Christian. Mm. But as far as people who profess, to be a spiritual descendant of Abraham, yeah, two and a half billion. Mm. Imagine, and, and you know, you look at that number. That's a big number. But then, how many have lived mm. down through the centuries? You know, how many how many descendants of Abraham have actually walked around on this earth? That's a lot. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we had this text message came through yesterday, and I didn't have time to cover it, but it was a very good one in relationship to the promise that was made to Abraham. It says, actually, God saved the world with the flood, a new start. Abraham is the father of the faithful. He believed without seeing, so we must also believe as he did, especially in these last days. And so, you know, when we talk about the flood, you know, here it says, pointing out that God actually saved the world with the flood rather than destroyed the world with the flood. Mm. I think that's a... That's a very valid point. But uh, Abraham being the father of the faithful, he who believed without seeing because what did he see? He saw one descendant of promise. Yeah, wow. One descendant through Sarah. That was it. Nothing more. Mm. And yet he believed and by faith he recognized and believed that, yes, he would be the father of literally billions of people. Mm. And today he is. Mm. That's the simple reality of it. Okay, so we're going to go back here in our Bible study to this interesting interesting statement. I'm going to read this one here. And it comes from St. Augustine of Hippo. Yes. Now, I have a lot to disagree with Augustine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it would be rare that I would read something from Augustine. But this one I thought was actually worth reading. He says this, this life... Of ours, and you've got to understand, you know, this is being written, what, 1,500, 1,600 years ago? Yeah. Well, Long he, time ago. He was the most prolific theologian of his time. Yes. Like, he was the guy. Yes. 1,500 years ago when when faith was like, you know, when Christianity was finally formalized. Becoming a national religion. Mm. Yeah. Politicized. Yes. Polit- <laughs> <laughs> this is the era in which religion was, Christianity was being politicized. Intense. Yeah. Anyway. He says, this life of ours is a life so full of such great ills can properly be called 
if if a life so full of gr- such great ills can properly be called a life, bears witness to the fact that, from its very start, the race of mortal men has been a race condemned. Think, first, of the dreadful abyss of ignorance from which all error flows and so engulfs the sons of Adam in a darksome pool that no one can escape without the toll of toils and tears and fears. Mm. It's supposed to be positively different radio, but anyway, we will keep reading. Uh, then take our very love for all those things that prove so vain and poisonous and breed so many heartaches and troubles and griefs and fears, such insane joys in discord, strifes and wars, such fraud and theft theft and robbery, such perfidy and pride and envy and ambition and homicide and murder and cruelty and savagery, lawlessness and lust, all the shameless passions of the impure, fornication and adultery, incest and unnatural sins, rape and countless other uncleannesses too nasty to be mentioned, the sins against religion, sacrilege and heresy and blasphemy and perjury, the iniquities against our neighbours, calumnies and cheating and lies and false witness, violence to persons and property, the injustice of the courts and the innumerable other miseries and maladies that fill the world, yet escape attention. Okay, so now you're all feeling pretty awful. God, <laughs> oh, that's intense. Let's uh, stop and ask ourselves the question, you know, how 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 well does that actually fit our world today? Well, well, it's a description of you know he's not making stuff up. No, like, this is the world that we live in. Yes, you know, and these that could have been written yesterday. Yeah, if it had been written yesterday, we would have gone. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and even yeah, from you used the word heinous before, from even the most heinous and egregious of sins. Like these are things that people you know we read about in the paper. That's right. Do you, do you read the paper? Oh, you know. <laughs> when was the last time you read a paper, Lawson? This is the things we read about on social media. Sarah laughed in her heart at God's promise. Isaac proved nothing is impossible. Martha wept by the tomb of Lazarus Oh, but death lost when life spoke a miracle In God's perfect time, He's never been Never been late His plan for your life 
You're listening to The Clark Family with In God's Perfect Time here on The Breakfast Show. We've been talking about some pretty serious things. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Man, you said before I didn't read newspapers. Were you saying I can't read or something? Come on, Lyle. Okay, how often do you read a newspaper, really? Um, well, um, sometimes I see the front covers of newspapers. When was the last time you bought a newspaper? Oh, I've never bought a newspaper. Okay. Um, I've acquired them through other means. Yes. Well, see, uh, I get the, I get the newspaper here most mornings, but mm-hmm. that's because I look for stories to share. Mm-hmm. Anyway, where are we up to? We're in our Bible study, and we are talking about how our world is a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever felt like, you know, I'm just sick of it? Just stop the world, let me bro, off? Bro, have I ever no, I felt that, like, every day. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you know, you see all this stuff going on in the world, and it gets you down. Mm. And this isn't even, like, a Christian reality, like, of, like, oh, you know, it's so sad to see all this stuff because we know that there's something better. No, this is the reality of everyone. That, like, everyone, in a sense, you know, see these sees these things happening. Even the, just the small things from the, like, the, you know, we look at the big things, we look at, like, the the the... Uh, the poster child for terrible sin on our world, like Hitler and the Holocaust. We look at something like that and we're like, wow, how could that happen? This is the most terrible thing ever. That thing should never happen. You know, no matter what uh, ideology or what belief system you have, you know that that's terrible. But even when it comes to the smallest things, I think we just all have a yearning of like, I just wish it would end. Like... Just the struggles of life, um, you know, just like, you know, the society that we live in, although we're incredibly blessed to live in Australia, but just the fact that we, you know, we just live and breathe hard work and struggle and life is a struggle and we live and we get old and then, you know, our bones hurt and then we die. Like, yeah, sure, there are amazing experiences that can come out of that, but they're just the undertone of, oh man, you live to die and there are terrible things that are going to happen all the time. Like, it's just pervasive. Let's read some Bible verses. Oh, yeah, let's go. All right. Isaiah 25 and verse 8. Isaiah 25 verse 8. First, yes. first of the uh, the Old Testament major prophets 
I'm sure he has something great to say. I'm, obviously, I'm filling in time as I'm trying to turn there. This Bible is got Being really, really sticky pages, man. Come on. Okay, I've Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 8. The Bible says, He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and people. The Lord has spoken. There is so much of what happens in our world and that I report on mm. here on The Breakfast Show mm. that just makes me feel like a foreigner, you know, in this world. Yeah. It reminds me that this world is not my home. I don't belong here. This is not the this is not the environment that I want to live in. I just, mm. I just don't want to have anything to do with it. It's just like, stop the world, let me off. Mm. And, you know, there's that whole aspect that comes, I guess, from a Christian perspective. Then there's the other aspect where you see non-Christian people who are actually afraid you know, and you have kids these days asking, you know, what kind of future will I have? The world is on fire. It's going mm. to, you know, we've got uh, climate change and all these kind of things, and they're actually afraid for their future. Mm. And I've never experienced that kind of fear. Yeah, well. You know, I, I'm i concerned about the environment. Don't get me wrong. We should all be concerned about the environment. But I've never experienced the fear for the future that so many people in our world have. You know, I remember I'm old enough, and this is going to date me, but I remember growing up during the Cold War era when uh, nuclear war was on the table. Still is on the table. Mm. Nuclear war, nuclear armaments have never gone away. They're still there. We've still yeah. got enough. We've got more of them now. We've still got enough to destroy the world four hundred times over. Yeah, mutually assured destruction. Like, yes, it's, a, it's of done. the entire planet. Yeah, uh, and all it takes is the flick of a switch, and you know something like that can happen. And I've never lived in fear of that. Mm. There are so many things that you know where I've seen the tensions in the world build up, and I just haven't lived in fear because of these promises right here. Mm. And even when it gets to that point where it's like, okay, stop the world, let me off. It's just getting too much for me. I can go to these promises as a Christian yes. and I can remember what Jesus has done for me and the everlasting covenant. And this gives me hope. This gives me courage. This is what keeps me going. Mm. I love the section. You know, I don't know how it's worded in your Bible, but in my Bible it says, He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his people and land. Uh, we were speaking earlier about, you know, the vaccine passport and, you know, the idea about how things like this could be used to, you know, enforce the mark of the beast or, you know, uh, to limit religious freedom. And that would have, you know, a huge effect on us and many of our listeners. But, you know, honestly, like, and people were like, I, again, we talked about like, oh, which hill do you die on with this? Yes, you know, yes. and people, I, I guess, kick up such a stink. And I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying saying we shouldn't at times lobby and and try oh, and, and stand up for our brothers and sisters and for ourselves and for our religious freedoms. Like this is what God has promised us and given us. And it's you know, it should be a fundamental human right. But at the same time, like you know, whether we go through it or not, doesn't stop the promise that we have in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is the thing, like, uh, as well, just reviewing the world and reviewing all these egregious sins, the Bible says that the light shines in the dark places, and particularly, you know, when we talk about, you know, uh, the restriction of religious freedoms and, and killings and murders and people being terribly oppressed because of it, we see that in places where that happens, you know, the light shines brightest in the darkest places, and our faith and our belief in God explodes, and more and more people get to know him. And that's what, you know, that's when we can see real change. Yes, indeed. You know, through those adverse circumstances, you know, there's that classic saying, you know, through adversity brings change. Like, we, it's, people say that because it's true. 
and and we can see, we can see that you know uh, in people, and we can see people coming to him through like. You know, we, we answered, oh, I have so much to say about this. Like, <laughs> we, we answered a question of the day the other day that was like, oh, why is Jesus taking such a long time? You know, to, to, why is God taking such a long time to wrap up the history of this world? And I believe that it's because, you know, as these adverse circumstances continue and become more adverse as we head towards the end of time, God just knows that more and more people will be brought to him because of them. You know, uh, uh, one of the directors here at Faith FM, Robbie Bergen, um, dude, you know, his story about like, he saw the, the Twin Towers collapse and he, he started to question like, you know, is God real? Adverse circumstances. There are people all over the world who are going through terribly tough things and they're asking the question, man, if this is what our world is like, you know, is God really there for me? The Bible says, however it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. And the Breakfast Show will be back with you live again on the 10th. We're having a party and you're invited! New Star Juice and the RTM Op Shop are celebrating their second anniversary with 20 days of festivities for all. At New Star Juice, we're giving away two items for the price of one for 20 days. Buy one, get one free. And the RTM Op Shop is selling bags for just $20. Whatever items from the shop you can fit in the bag is yours. Clothes, appliances, shoes, books... Teddy bears! You can have it all for only $20. Don't miss this opportunity as it's only available while supplies last. Come celebrate with us for 20 days from the 22nd of November to the 17th of December at both New Start Juice and the RTM Op Shop, Monday to Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. Neither has entered into the heart of man what God is, the good things that God has prepared for Amen. those that love him and serve him. And finally, in Revelation 22, it says, you know, it describes that city down the middle of the street, down the middle of the street of the city on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit for every season. How long will you turn your face away? How long do you hear us when we pray? On and on, still we walk this pilgrim way.
of The Marriage Project. We have a lot of fun on The Marriage Project where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage, how it translates into real life, and we want to be with you building stronger marriages. So you can join us every Friday afternoon at 3.30pm right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll, we'll see, see you there.
Guys, you're listening to uh, Balsam Range with The Touch here on The Breakfast Show. And now it's time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lyle, our question of the day is all about uh, money, actually. Um, the payment of ministers. There are a few different quotes in the Bible, but specifically like the one that, that I've seen is in, in Luke chapter 10, yes. where, you know, uh, Jesus sends those who would do work for him out two by two and ask them to take nothing, yes. um, you know, to, to live very, very, uh, you know, nomadic lives. And so, But we see ministers getting paid today. Are ministers supposed to earn money? So when my grandfather started as a minister, um, he got nothing for the first three years. Yeah, wow. And basically the way that uh, he operated was he did literature ministry and so he took Christian books and Bibles, those kind of things, and he would go door-to-door and he would sell those books door-to-door and he owned a push bike. He was working in Tasmania. And at the end of each day, the last door that he knocked on, he would just ask whether he could stay the night. That's actually epic. And he lived that way for three and a half years. That's amazing. And after three and a half years, then the church was like, yeah, we think you qualify. We'll, we'll, we'll employ you now. And that was kind of how it was back then. You either go out and start a church or you work by, uh, you, you know, for the, for the church at your own expense for uh, three years or so before you actually earn your stripes to be able to, uh, to go into ministry. Okay. And of course, I guess the other thing that is thrown up at me is often, uh, on this subject is, you know, the Bible says freely you have received, freely give. So why should we be paying ministers? Uh, shouldn't we all just be freely, um, giving, you know, the gospel and ministers have the gospel that is their job to share the gospel, is there a biblical precedent for an employed ministry? This is the question that is being asked right here. And the answer is that yes, there actually is. So if you go back to uh, Leviticus chapter 27, uh, verses 30 to 32, you're going to find that God set aside what was called a tithe, a tenth. And this was set aside for the work of the Levites. The Levites were, you know, the descendants of Aaron, they were the Oh, the descendants of Levi, I guess, but the priests were the descendants of Aaron. And so you had the priesthood and you had the Levites, and they were the ministers of Israel. 
And so when God gave them the promised land, God gave the Levites no land. Okay? Mm. He gave them six cities and no land. The reason that he gave them no land was that his intention for the Levites was that they were not to, and I want you to think about this in the ancient world, they were not to be distracted by, you know, making money and, you know, uh, providing, you know, food and so forth for themselves. They were to dedicate themselves to the work of the ministry. Now, I want you to consider for a moment when you look at the ancient nations, how many ancient nations had a full-time ministry? None. You know, there's an entire tribe that's a, a one, one in, in 12, a 12th of the entire nation that is set aside for the work of full-time ministry. And today, of course, we see the need of that regardless of whether we are religious or secular. We see a situation in our world right now where you have people who are in ministry, you have people who are in chaplaincy, you have people who are in counselling, you have people who are in social work, you have people who are in all of these different kinds of jobs and work and so forth, and all of them are uh, in in uh, are in ministry and fulfilling a very important function. And you know, it's taken us what four thousand years to get there. God set our system up like that in the first place. And so, yes, there is a precedent in the Bible for an employed ministry. Now, if you go over to oh, a little bit extra time here, I'm going to need. If you go over to First Corinthians chapter nine, I'm going to read what the Bible says over here in First Corinthians chapter nine. Let me just find this passage here, uh, and we are going to read in verse thirteen. This is Paul speaking. First Corinthians nine and verse thirteen. Um, he says here, "Do you not know that those which minister, those which minister about holy things, live off the things of the temple? That's the priests and the Levites." And those who wait or serve the altar are partakers with the altar. Even so, has the Lord ordained that those which preach the gospel should live off the gospel. And so, yes, there is a precedent in the Bible uh, right the way through for an employed ministry so mm. that people can dedicate themselves full-time to the work of the ministry. That it does not mean that they are there to get wealthy, as we see so often in our world today. Yeah. 
Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Chelsea Moon right there with Take My Life and Let It Be. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. That brings us to the end of the breakfast show here on Faith FM, where we have been bringing to you the best and the greatest of all of our shows throughout the year. Of course, Lawson, are we back tomorrow? Well, we might be. You might be listening to us, but we'll be back live on the 10th of January. So stay tuned until then. And of course, don't forget to talk faith, live faith and act faith. You will grow strong in Jesus Christ. No 
No.